Valentine's Day is just weeks away. Jimmy's Flowers can make it easy and ready. Or you can get custom design arrangements. Order today at jimmysflowers.com or visit the stores in Bountiful, Layton, or Ogden. That's Jimmy Flowers. Jimmy's Flowers. Jimmy'sFlowers.com. All right, joining us now, former front office executive Randy Mueller. NFL. Randy, good morning. You're on with PK and Jake Scott. Uh, boy, where, where do you want to start? There's only like 5,000 things to hit. What an unbelievable yeah. weekend of NFL football. Yes, it was definitely crazy. I'm not sure I have my wits about me the next morning, so I may screw something up from all the things that we saw this weekend. But I've been watching this game a long time, and uh, I don't think I've ever witnessed a weekend like that, that's for sure. Have we have we seen a duel in quarterbacks quite like what we saw in the final game last night with Allen and Mahomes? Boy, it's been a while. It would have to be a, a Peyton Manning-Tom uh, Brady-type duel. I mean, these guys are generational talents, and – they were put on display in that game last night. We've, we've always known that Mahomes is the best, and, and we've really been talking about him for three or four years. But if, if we didn't know about Josh Allen and, and how good he is, I always get asked, what's the comparison? Really the best comparison for me that I can come up with is John Elway. He's, he, and I'm not in the body of work is what John has done, but this guy has all the skills that are going to make him awesome to watch the next 10 or 12 years. He's, he's really unstoppable, uh, and when the offense clicks like it did for Buffalo last night, they didn't get stopped. They just didn't get the ball back. I like that comparison. I, I can see some Elway, big, strong kid who can run, unbelievable yep. arm. Uh, so we'll see how he develops there, but those, obviously the future looks extremely bright. Um you get in these situations, I often say in sports radio, I'm paid to second guess, not first guess. Uh, you know, you heard about Buffalo, should they have squib kicked it? Uh, does that take more time? I don't know if it does, because I don't know if they tell their guys, uh, KC tells their guys, just just fall on it. And so maybe it's a second, no matter where it is, just let's not waste time trying to run something back, particularly if it's not our back-end guys and our fast guys, our guys we train to run back kickoffs. So do you think they should have done anything differently there, speaking from the Buffalo perspective? I think this game will go down as one of the most dissected games ever, and I just think that's one of the reasons. Yes, I do think they should have squibbed it. I think even if it only took a second or two, I mean, they only had 13 when they got the ball, right? So, I mean, one or two seconds is a giant deal. It is a um, colossal mistake not to run time if you can. Plus, you introduce the element of a little bit of chaos, of doubt, instead of just a layup, like kicking it through the end zone like they did. I also think that defensively, Buffalo is going to have a lot of regrets. They did some things that... Really, everybody says, should we change the overtime rules? You know, I don't know. I'm of the oak that they had plenty of time to stop them, plenty of chances to stop them, and they never did. So I think it is a team game, and half the team let them down, and it's a shame that, you know, Josh Allen never got a chance. But there's going to be a lot of things that get second-guessed and dissected throughout the next few weeks and maybe the next few years with regard to this game. If there is a lesson to be learned from the Niners, is it defense can still get it done? Oh, I think so. I think the, the thing to be learned is that you, you've just, if you can have an identity, which they have, they can run the ball, they run it in a different fashion, and you have a guy like Debo Samuels, and you just get on his back and allow him to do what he can do, I think that's the lesson. You, you can get too fancy if you get outside your element. I think they're the one team going forward that 
have to do it their way, and it's a little slower-paced way. I'm, Jimmy G is not Joe Burrow. He's not Pat Mahomes. He's not, you know, Matt Stafford. So it's going to be a little different way the 49ers have to win. But, hey, Kyle Shanahan's made a living doing it his way, and I'm not going to second-guess that at all. I think they know what they have to do, and his game plans will reflect that. From NFL front office executive Randy Mueller joining us. So let's look towards next week then. Niners and Rams. We know the Niners went down there a couple weeks back, got the win. But if I look at it, I think I got to be favoring the Rams. I think most experts would probably follow that. But if you take that series back, the 49ers have, have dominated the series. I think yeah. they've won four or five in a row. I mean, it's not like they just won you know, two weeks ago. It's, it's been, and where they say styles make fights, this is a bad matchup. It's a, it's a stylistic uh, matchup that favors San Francisco and has. Now, the Rams are playing better, there's no doubt, and if Matthew Stafford doesn't have a hiccup here or there, I think they're the more talented team and should win the game. But there's something about the matchups. There's something about the way, uh, the physicality that San Francisco kind of just instills in a game like this and kind of imposes their will. I think that's where I think people forget that styles are, and it's all about matchups. And I think the 49ers definitely aren't afraid of, of what the Rams can bring, whether they have enough bells and whistles and weapons at the end of the day to hang hang with them? I don't know. The Bengals advance, and hey, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll go here. That uh, so, Penny Sewell has a, a local connection. He's he's from Utah, and of course, kind of the hot take yep. around here. And I jumped on board with, "What are you crazy? Not taking that guy to protect Burrow and going with the receiver?" And uh, I was way off on that. Well, I don't know. Nine sacks the other day. I think you could have made a case that Benesu. Jamar Chase though is special. That dude is special. I hear you. I hear you. Yep. There's no doubt about it. Joe Burrow gives them a chance. Jamar Chase is a, you know, he's he's top of the top of the heap as far as receivers go. I think they have got to find a way to keep Joe Burrow upright though, and that's still the most important thing to me. I'm, I'm, you know, he takes a beating week in and week out. Um, I don't know if they can hang. Uh, they're a, they're they're going to have to score a ton of points. I think they can do that defensively. They kind of pick their spots. Um, I'm a Joe Burrow fan. I don't know that I'm ready to put him in the category that you know everybody seems to around the world because of the smoking cigars or whatever he does afterwards. He got swag. I understand Joe Namath and, and the comparisons there, but uh, time will tell on Cincinnati. I think they got a good matchup in Tennessee. Tennessee was kicking off rust for a half. Cincinnati took advantage of having played and, and already a game in the playoffs. I think they were in more of a groove. Um, I mean, we'll see. I think Kansas City is is obviously could have a letdown after a game like this. I don't see that Andy Reid allows it. But, hey, I'm with Joe Burrow. I'm glad they have him. I'm glad he's in Cincinnati. You know, he's a local kid in Ohio. I think it's a great fit, and it's great for the game for sure. Former NFL front office executive Randy Mueller joining us. You talk about uh, Tennessee with the rust. Well, we see the same thing with the number one seed in the NFC, uh, the Packers losing, and obviously both of them losing at home in their first game there. Uh, the NBA gets a hit as far as you know the regular season doesn't matter as much, but here we see two number one seeds go down. Uh, do the seeds matter as much anymore in the NFL? Oh, I think they do. I think we don't see this very often. Maybe I can't remember us ever seeing where they went down this quickly. Um, I, I think 
a bye matters. I thought both both of those teams would win going in. I think rest is very important. Um, I just think they got into a game where the matchups didn't favor them. They kind of had slow starts. I think with regard to Green Bay, they've been more of a ball control team all year long. I know Aaron Rodgers gets all the headlines, but it's not a fast pace, you know, run and gun uh, 70s Lakers team. They, they wind the clock, they control the line of scrimmage, and they just couldn't do that. And I think, San, you know, San Francisco, again, with that physicality that they bring, they play a different style. They kind of muck it up, right? They make it dirty in a muddy game, and even though it's not. And, and those matchups matter, and that's a hard one to overcome. I just think they, they found uh, their kryptonite in week one instead of week three in the playoffs like normally happens. So who's your favorite now to win it all? Well, I think after what we saw, I'm a little bit a victim of what we saw in that, you know, Pat Mahomes is going to be tough to to cool off, right? I still worry about Kansas City's defense. I just think Andy Reid, when you combine Mahomes and Andy Reid, they are a a well-drilled, well-coached, detailed team that I think carries them throughout. Um, I I do think if the Rams can beat the 49ers, it'll be a great Super Bowl matchup, but I'm going to go with Andy Reid and the Chiefs right now. I just think they don't screw anything up, and uh, I think that's hard to beat at this time. We're seeing more teams, whether it's the Bills on defense or Green Bay you know, slipping up or Tennessee throwing interceptions. These teams, you just can't make mistakes, and uh, I think Kansas City's going to make less right now than anybody else. A bunch of coaching openings in the NFL. Uh, who do you like for which jobs? Is somebody that you believe should be hired specifically? Well, I think there's going to be a fight for Brian Dayball right now, especially coming off last night, the Bills' offensive coordinator. I know he's interviewing with the Giants today. I think the Bears are in the mix. I know Miami's in the mix. I think there's going to be a tug-of-war over his services. And, again, it's time and place and taking advantage of it, that's for sure. Um, I don't know what a couple of these teams are, are even waiting for. I do know that the, the uh, Jaguars have had their job open longer than anybody else. And they seem to have no idea what they're doing. So, uh, And I'm not sure we've seen the end of the coaching changes. I'm not sure that, that Dallas is ready to put their plan in place yet. So that's still one everybody has their eye on. Um, and who knows how that works out. So I think there's going to be a lot of hires the next two or three days. The, the carousel will come to a, a little bit of a pause button because, you know, the, the, the teams are lining up now and they can have also talk to more coordinators because of the results of this weekend's game. So I think it's always a fun, you know, coaching carousel time for, for NFL fans and I enjoy it as well. So we will see. I don't have any specifics for a particular team, but I do know Dayball will be mainly the, the, the number one commodity over the next 24 to 48 hours. What's the best job? If, uh, if it were you and you had your pick of the litter, what would you take? You know, I'm going to go off the board a little bit. I think the Las Vegas Raiders is the best job. I really do. They've got a decent quarterback. They've got a good setup. I, for one, like Mark Davis and the way he does things. Now, he may seem disorganized and out of sorts, but when he does select Uh, whether it's a GM or a head coach, he will stay out of the way. He will let them run the team. He'll hold them accountable, but yet give them enough rope. I think that's a really good job. And I know you got to go against the Chargers and the Chiefs in that division, but I think the way they're set up now and and some of the players that they have, especially on offense, I happen to like the Raider job best, whether it's as a GM or a head coach. 
How about Flores? It seemed like he got let go prematurely in Miami. Is he going to be able to get another one? You know, I think the more information that trickled out of Miami after his exit has kind of hurt him. Um, he's got to overcome, you know, the not being able to play nice in the sandbox syndrome. Um, obviously, the communication broke down there. The, him and the GM had some issues. They've had some team-building things that have kind of made me shake my head the last year or so. Now that's come to light in that Brian does have a tendency to change his mind. He'll sign a player, then want to waive him. So he's jumping around in his plan. And I think all these things have kind of hurt him. I think he's a really good coach. And I'm not sure that he won't end up in Houston at the end of, end of all this when the, music, when the music stops. But he's had some things that have set him back in his search for the next job. When he first got let go in Miami, everybody thought he'd be hired within the next day or two. Well, then the information leaked out of why, and that's, that seems to have kind of caused teams to pump the brakes. Former NFL executive Randy Mueller joining us. Is there such a thing as specifically a college coach versus an NFL coach? Pete Carroll straddled the line, had success at both, but then you look at Urban Meyer and Saban, and it was a disaster, but yet they've been extremely successful college coaches. I think it's complete apples and oranges. It is a total different environment, a total different way of coaching, a total different mindset. I don't think I could list you know, on one page, the difference is that that comes with it. That's why it's been so hard for particular coaches to make the jump. Um, I mean, it's not about recruiting. It's not about any of that at all. It's about managing men, professional men. And you have 53 of them. You don't have a 85 scholarship. So your mindset is different every day. You have to make a lot of decisions at the NFL level on a daily basis. And, hey, I spent two years with Nick Saban in Miami, so we worked hand-in-hand, and I know the struggles he had. And there's no better coach in the world than Nick Saban, but it was totally different for him at the pro level. So it's a different set of dynamics. You have a lot more people involved at the NFL level that have decision-making power and that you have to lean on. It just makes for a really hard transition for college coaches. And that's not to say that a particular one can't do it, but it's just the deck is stacked against them. Um, just because the, the learning curve is so much, especially if they've spent no time in the NFL prior to getting one of these head jobs. Randy, thanks for your time. We sure appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Take care. All right, that's former front office in the NFL. He's an executive, a front office executive in the NFL, Randy Mueller. You can catch his work at MuellerFootball.com. He also works for The Athletic. Talking about the NFL. Interesting that he worked for Saban, and it, he said it's apples and oranges. I like to view it as apples and kumquats, but nevertheless, he's going that there's that big of a difference. Pete Carroll, I guess, maybe might be the exception uh, where look, at, look at his coaching style, though. Pete was loosey goosey at USC. He's always been a rah rah. Particularly players. with the rules, yeah. I might add. Uh, but always <laughs> been a, a player's dude. He's not. My point is, he's not Urban Meyer, who's going to structure my way. Structure, yeah, all that stuff. That's how it's Urban like working with you. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> Urban found his success that way. Pete found it a different way, and I think the okay, way that's Pete, a good point. That's the good way point, Pete yeah. did it, translated a little bit better to the next level. Uh, the right. way Saban okay. did it, it more resembles Urban, Urban than it does Pete. So. That's kind of my theory on that. Uh, I can see that. Uh, that's e- that's that's easy to see right off the bat. Pete that. was bringing Snoop Dogg to practice. Remember all that stuff? He, he opened it up to, to everybody. Will Ferrell. NFL's yeah. bringing Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar. I love it when Al Michaels talks about Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> I can listen to Al Michaels talk about anything, man. I love, I love <laughs> Second Al, greatest Al broadcasting graduate of Arizona State ever. Will DJ go there, too? 
DJ Khalid? Who are you talking about? <laughs> David James. <laughs> no, he's a banana slugger, whatever it is. No, no, no. Santa Baba. Uh, he didn't even gra- he didn't graduate in the field of broadcasting like I did. Are you kidding me? What did he get? An English major? Uh, I think it was soccer. It was soccer? Yeah. There, there's a soccer major? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Jake Scott. He's sitting in for the Snake Dog as the Snake Dog is off on a soccer retreat this week, getting ready for the upcoming six-year season that is spread over 32 years as they have all the breaks for CONCAFAB. I'm going to be into it this year, though. CONCAFAB? Yeah. yeah. Not so much CONCAFAB, but uh, RSL, the new owner from Scotch Plains, which is like 15 minutes from where I grew up. The coach went to my same high school in Phoenix, Arizona. How about that? I'm getting season tickets and I'm masking up, so I'll be okay. I'll be able to attend the games. (laughs) And I wrote this piece for the website there. And... Guy's criticizing me uh, about Stockton. Oh, PK just loves to go after people who don't share his same political views. That's what he's doing with John Stockton. They think I'm a liberal. You think I'm John Birch. What am I? I'll tell you next. Stay with us. 97.5, 1280 The Zone.